Welcome to Hope Anchors, everyone. I'm Johnny. And I'm Sean. And together, the two of us want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. In Hebrews 6.19, it reads, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Well, we are continuing in this series, To Live is Christ, to borrow Paul's words from Philippians chapter 1. This was his, maybe it was his personal mission statement that this is... This is, this is what he's all about, living for Jesus. I, I think it was. And we are in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 20. And we will be getting into a verse that uh, there are some verses that I've talked about are some of the most often quoted in Scripture. There are some verses like this one that are the maybe some of the most misquoted in Scripture just because, you know, people believe, oh, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that when that's not necessarily what, what Paul means in here. But he does talk about contentment and what it means to be content and the fact that he has somehow learned to be content. Mm. There are um, for really for Sean and I, we we've been talking about this a little bit because we, I believe that there are uh, some driven people who need to be more content. There are some content people who need to be more driven. Yeah. So I think there is, you know, sometimes you think, okay, I, I need more contentment in my life. It, it doesn't mean that you need less drive in your life. I, I really do believe that you can be driven, but still be content and that you can be, can, you know, have this sense of contentment, but still desire to work hard at something because what you're doing, your work ethic you know, what you're bringing to other people, what you're getting to do with other people actually brings you a sense of contentment. You can be content with what you've got, who you are, what you're doing, and yet still have a sense of drivenness, a sense of purpose. I really liked the way you said this, Johnny, uh, to be content, a feeling of quiet happiness and satisfaction, mm. a long lasting feeling accompanied by peacefulness, mm. gratitude, and satisfaction. And I think that is part of being content and what Paul has taught us on how he has been content and learned what contentment is because he, he's had his highs, he's had his lows. Mm -hmm. And every time that he has been in either one of those places, God has provided for him. Um, he works for on his own. He's his own person. He's never had to always rely on people for financial things or, mm -hmm. or just items in itself, but he's very grateful for these people in Philippi who have taken great care of him when he has been in need. Mm. I mean, you think about um, within your own church or within your own family, when somebody is in trouble or they're just in need, how, how much is your heart opened up to them? Mm. And here these people of Philippi have really reached out to Paul multiple times, not just this one time while he's in prison in Rome, but it opens the whole story of Paul in Philippi is when, you know, one of the first times. And then uh, I think if we read in Thessalonians, there's another time where Paul's in need and the people of Philippi have reached out to him mm. in ways. And, and that's part of that gratefulness that he has, but it's also part of that contentment to understand you know what? I'm really grateful that you have taken care of me, 
But I don't know. You, you asked me a question earlier that was really, how have I learned to be content? And yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think I still am trying to figure that out. Yeah. And, and that learning process is going to be a very long learning process uh, to be content with with what I have or what I don't have um, because I do. I mean, it's all part of even earlier in our last episode, we talked about not being anxious and there's moments where I am financially anxious to be able to take care of my family, to be able to do what I need to do. Uh, Sometimes we're anxious about just paying our mortgage or paying rent, paying for our car. I mean, the debt that we have will make us, you know, anxious and things and and to be content you know would be almost not to have those outside things then we talked about joy and how that should just bring us a piece of calmness mm-hmm. well paul's able to have contentment in his life because he does have this great joy of calmness you know because all things are provided by god to him and for him and he understands that. And I think that's where I have a problem today still struggling with with sometimes realizing that, you know what, all the good and all the bad is still a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And how am I learning this? And so that contentment, it's it's hard. It's it's very hard to be content on a daily basis with what I do have and what I don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we follow that up with drive. It's like, what, you know, can you have a strong drive if you're not content? It's like, man, it's like, well, I think I do. I I think I still have a strong drive in in, in bringing more glory to God. And, and, you know, sometimes my anxiety makes me do things more, you know, want to have a a better drive. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Have I learned contentment and, and how does that affect my drive in life and, and to continue to do things? It's, mm-hmm. you know, are you content? I mean, let me ask you this question, Johnny. As a pastor, you have one specific drive as a pastor. Mm-hmm. And have you been, have you learned contentment in your life that continues to push you in a drive as a pastor? Yeah. Um, I think of, you know, any of the situations that I've been in, I've really tried to have a strong work work ethic no matter what I've done. And it's it's one thing to be content and be, you know, excited about what's happening in the moment. But, um, you know, is it another thing to say, I'm not content with where we're at right now. I'd love to see more, you know. Um, I'd love to see us do more, uh, you know, whether that's as a church or, you know, in um, what I'm doing at, at Lifetime Fitness. Mm. It's like, you know, I'm I'm not content if, if things look terrible, if things aren't working well, you know. Um, but I can, I can be content in the, in the lives that we're impacting, the people that we're encouraging, the team that I've got, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it, it really is a struggle because I think sometimes we think that to have a drive, to be driven, to want more, um, it goes against that whole idea of contentment, that, that state of being peaceful and satisfied with whatever you have and achieved in life. I, I think you can, yeah, it's, it's because when you think, when you think of Paul and he's saying, you know, uh, I've learned to be content. Now he's talking about uh, going through this life and either having a lot, he's been, he's 
had a sense of peacefulness if he's got a lot or if he's living on very little. It's okay. God's got me. Um, that doesn't mean that he's not driven to reach one more person for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I know um, Sean and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, and I was so so excited that uh, a buddy of mine started coming to to church, and uh, you know, you know, we're like, "Who's your one?" And then Sean was like, "Who's your next one?" And so, you know, we're not content when it comes to you know, who's your one? Okay, you reach your one. Maybe there's a next one. Yeah. So there's a sense of contentment, but then there's a sense of drive. And I think maybe you have to do some soul searching in terms of what you're driven to do and, and what you're driven to have. Mm-hmm. And can you have a sense of contentment, that, that quiet and that peacefulness and that satisfaction along with a drive, a desire to see more, to be more, to do more, whatever it might be. But, you know, can you keep that in balance? A lot of times when we look at Paul's writings, and I think this is where you and I, Johnny, really connect with Paul, is in, it's being an athlete. Mm-hmm. I think of this drive as an athlete, you know, to have that goal in mind. So what's driving us in that goal and then once we reach that, are we content with what's happened? Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot of times with people that are uh, runners. They want to finish a marathon. They've reached that marathon, and then they're content. And they don't need to run another marathon. Or, you know, you look at other athletes, and once they have accomplished their final thing that they set out to do, then they become content, and they don't want to do anything else for that. But Paul's always reminding us that, our drive isn't for this one thing. It's for the heavenly kingdom. Mm. And until we get to that goal, that prize, we get to that finish line, then we can, then we can rest. And I love that, you know, and and I know you've said this and I, and I've shared this with others, you know, if you're not dead, you're not done. Mm -hmm. So we have this drive to bring glory to God and everything that we do and so to be content, can't be content with what we have accomplished or what we have, uh, you know, that whole, you know, it, it's almost like you can't be, you can't rely on this contentment mm. to get you through life, but you need to be content with what you have, but still to have that drive to continue on. It's a very interesting dynamic when you think about that and and you know the attributes that you put towards this you know satisfaction are you satisfied with what you have that allows you to continue to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know or lack of envy see and this is where i think a lot of people have this uh unhealthy discontent Uh, yes yeah you know and that's where if you're worried about somebody else or i don't have this or they're doing that, and why can't I do that? Right. They're um, making more than I am. They're doing more. They're you know they're getting more accolades than I am, and that that can really develop a sense of discontentment what, what, and unhealthy discontentment. You know, and or, or how come this pastor has you know a thousand people in their congregation, and I've only got sixty? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that kind of thing. And it's like you know you get that that sourness, and and that's something that you know which leads right next to the next part of humility mm-hmm. as as a huge attribute because and i think this is what paul is 
if there's an example of humility, you look at Paul's life. No matter what he does, he is humbled in what he's doing. And I think even you know when we look at Jesus, and to live as Christ is is humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but yet, it's once again, it's his gentleness, not a weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about last week, and I think that's the, the humility is something that we all need to work on. Um, so uh, you know, and then the discipline. To be disciplined in our drive, in our what's what's tomorrow going to bring bring to me, and am I disciplined enough in my my routine in my in my daily life to make sure that I continue with that drive? And I think the discipline is what drives our drive, mm-hmm. sort of speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and I, yeah, I think what's so key in that is that humility matched with discipline. So, you know, to, to really be disciplined about your life and about, you know, what you're doing at work, at school, whatever it might be. And yet doing it, not as someone who's better than anybody else, but doing it really with a sense of humility. Um, yeah. And then there was something else that I was reading that just talked about, you know, what, what can really destroy contentment is just greed, Mm. you know, just being greedy. You're wanting more. You're wanting more and more and more. And it could be, it could be money. It could be material gain. It could be, you know, what people think about you um, or status or your, you know, power authority. But, you know, that can really um, battle against having this sense of contentment, this peaceful satisfaction. Yeah. And if you're always worried about the next great thing, if you're worried about, you know, the extra money, you're worried about, you know, how you look to other people, that, that greed how does that bring glory to God? You know, and how could you ever be content with, you know, I don't know. When I think of somebody being content, they like themselves. Mm-hmm. How can you like yourself? What, what, I don't know. It's, you know, we, we talk about that. Not only does God love you, but he likes you. Well, what makes him like you? Mm-hmm. Do you like yourself? Mm-hmm. That's, Paul, well, you know, he says that I've learned to be content and he, he did it in times where he had a lot and times where he had very little, you know, he says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. You know, Paul had lived in in both of those circumstances, but you know, Paul's, Paul's plan or God's plan for helping Paul learn this subject, if you were to take a class. But that to learn this subject was to take him through both times of fullness and emptiness. And, you know, obviously there's a lot that we can learn about ourselves when we, when we um, have had a defeat in our lives. Um, but there is also a lot that we can learn about ourselves when, when we have gained something, gained a sense of notoriety, gain, you know, whatever it might be that, wow, things are really happening over there. What's going on? Uh, you can really learn a lot about yourself when things are going well as, as well. And, you know, through each of the each of those situations, Paul has learned what it means to be content, to have that sense of peaceful satisfaction about him. I think one one part of this, the gratitude that Paul shares in his writings, is something that you know when he's at the highest highs and people are giving have have provided for him, he's so grateful for that. And I think that's what that's a great lesson for us to learn is we're 
we may have, we may be at the pinnacle of this day, have the greatest moment of our day, just today, have a great time. But you know what? It's because of something else that's going on that I didn't say thank you for, Mm. you know, and it's not something that, you know, it's, and I don't want to just throw this off to everybody and say, you know, you should always just be thankful to God. Just say, Hey, thanks God for giving me this great moment. But what Paul takes the time to do is he's thanking the people that's causing this. And when we say being, you know, the gratitude, when was the last time somebody has done something for you and you just said, Hey, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for just being there. Thank you for lifting me up when I needed it. Thank you for the support. And it's not, Hey, I owe you. It's just, just saying, thank you. Mm. And that's part of the humility part. That's part of, we don't all have it all together and to be humbled, but just to be recognize that and say, thank you to somebody mm-hmm. is part of it. And, and it, that just so, that simple word, thank you can make somebody else's day. Like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says in this passage, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And I think, that secret is what he says in this most often misquoted uh, scripture where he says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That the secret for Paul to have this sense of contentment, this, this sense of peaceful satisfaction is his relationship with Jesus Christ, that he finds his strength and his very existence in Jesus it doesn't matter whether he is well-fed or hungry. It doesn't matter whether he's got a lot in the wallet or very little. Um, he has learned, he's learned the secret of this contentment, this sense of contentment by having a relationship with the one who gives him strength. And I think that's what we need to realize is that your sense of contentment and your drive can come from the same relationship. That relationship with Jesus is going to give you a sense of purpose and drive to do some things, to be involved in his vision for your for your life, his vision for the way things ought to go. Um, but it's also going to give you that sense of contentment that you're you're on this path. And though you want to see more, maybe even to be more, that you have a sense of contentment about you because you're doing it for Jesus. You're doing it strengthened by Jesus. You're doing it because of your relationship with Jesus. I will be the first one to tell you that developing that relationship with Jesus will give you guys so much strength in life. will get you through some of the roughest points, uh, roughest days, the roughest storms. And, uh, you know, I, I can go back into our, our series on this rock, Letters from Peter, um, it's throughout scripture, but I can tell you on a personal level that because of the relationship that I have been working on, developing with, uh, getting to know Jesus, but allowing Jesus to get to know me more has allowed me to have more strength in getting up on a daily basis. That gives me more drive uh, than anything else is working on that relationship. Building that relationship has allowed me to have a better relationship with my family, with my friends. That strength that I receive from him does allow me to do more things. Mm-hmm. I, 
I can't be just satisfied with this because if I'm satisfied, then where's my drive come from? I'm grateful and I am satisfied with what I have, but I'm not satisfied with where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for what I have been given. I'm grateful for the bad things in my past because it allows me to share and to help that one more person, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, uh, I'm not satisfied. I'm not content with my past. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, and uh, I'm very easily envy of others, but I have learned over the times that instead of being envy for what they have, I've actually become more happy for them. Mm-hmm. And that has changed my outlook, my outlook on people of, you know what? I'm very, I'm happy for them. I'm proud of them for what they have accomplished. I'm no longer, how can make it to do that? And I don't mm-hmm. because what has my, by building my relationship with God, I realize that there are things that I am doing that's bringing God more glory than if I was doing what they were doing. Mm. People are doing the job and the work that God has given them to do because it's only thing that it's the, it's their responsibility to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not my responsibility to do that. Uh, I, I look at what we're doing with this podcast, Johnny, and our whole idea was to reach four or five people in our own congregation, mm-hmm. you know, and what God has done with this has been amazing, but I'm not, I'm content with being the guy that makes the mistakes. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm humbled by the fact that God has used us to reach, you know, all over the world, but I'm not satisfied with it. Hmm. I'm not, I, I still have this drive. That's why it's like, Johnny, when are we getting together to to, yeah. to record the next episode? Let's go. I mean, I have this drive because I don't feel like we're done yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't. Well, we're not done. Who is that next one? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we just focus on who's your one, then what's that? It, that's why I asked you that question. When we were talking that day. I said, well, who's the next one? Mm-hmm. <gasps> <laughs> I, I saw that look in your eye like, uh, who is the next one? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And so I think for us in this kind of mental exercise of, you know, where do I need more drive or where do I need more contentment? I think we can't start with either one of those. What we have to start with, Paul says, the secret of my contentment is this. So I wrote this out literally. It says, for all things, I have strength in the one who strengthens me. For all things, I have strength in the one who strengthens me. This is the secret of of my contentment. And so I, I was just reminded of something that King David had written in Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3. He says, my heart's not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. And I love this next line. But I have calmed and quieted myself. And I think that's what we have to do first. And I think when you can calm yourself down, when you can quiet your life down, God will then reveal to you where you need more contentment and where you need more drive. Because mm-hmm. there will inevitably be areas of your life where you need to be more driven. And there are areas of your life where you need more contentment. But it's, it's, not, it's not for us to wrestle with 
the drivenness or the contentment. It's it's uh, it's up to us to truly calm our lives down and to quiet ourselves so that we can have that sense of peaceful calmness satisfaction and then the lord will reveal to us what our next steps are i love that i love that idea everybody hey thanks for listening to hope anchors paul wrote in romans 15 4 for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scripture and the encouragement they provide we might have hope that's what God said the purpose of Scripture is, and that's our purpose as two buddies down in the basement. Studio 1A, baby. Studio 1A, to give you something to anchor your hope to. So please don't give up, keep looking up, and keep hope alive. Amen, brother.